Hey everyone, welcome to the Sacred Space Podcast. My name is Gina Stockton and I'm your host and I have a great episode for you today. I'm going to be interviewing my friend, my mentor, Bruce Smith. Bruce has been walking with me for probably five years now and has been instrumental in my life with Jesus. You know, we all need people to hold us accountable, challenge us, to pray for us, to bear our burdens and to be that sounding board and someone who's not family and someone who is going to be objective and really, really push us to be obedient to what God's doing and and the call he has in our lives. And Bruce has been that to me. This was a really great conversation. We talked a lot about how God called him. So he's going to talk a little bit about his story. And we're going to talk a lot about care, what it means to care for your own soul, to steward your own discipleship and relationship with God so that you're healthy, so that you can minister to others. And we just talk about a lot of different things, and it was a great conversation. So I hope that this encourages you and maybe even challenges you to find those people in your life that you're willing to let in, that you're willing to be vulnerable with, and who you're willing to give some authority to so that you can be all that God made you to be. So I hope you enjoy this episode. So Bruce, thanks for being here. Thank you, Gina. So appreciate you taking the time and so excited that I got a little window with you down here and Southern California that we could have a chat. So we're sitting here in the back room of a church with a mannequin standing behind my head. But that's Only okay. appropriate. I know. It's a little creepy. I'm not going to lie, but that's okay. Um, so Bruce, I would love for you to share, just share your story, how God brought you here. Yeah. So I was in corporate life um, for 25 years. And uh, we had actually walked away in many ways from our relationship. And our daughter brought us back to church Hmm. and uh, said, let's hang out here. And we found a place and God grabbed me. Yeah. And basically I got Mm re-baptized, which started the whole thing, just like unleashed the journey. And... And God said to us, you know, it's time to really use the gifts that I've given you. Yeah. And where I had used it in corporate life to help guide people, I was now thrust into the world of, of walking with pastors. So our church was 2000, and God planted me in front of the senior pastor, and then the worship pastor, and then the uh, youth pastor and then the executive elders and all these things that uh, I was doing kind of on a part-time basis. I would take vacation, I would take evenings, I would take days off. And God at some point said, it's time to take all those things away. It's time for you to do this Hmm. full-time. This is needed in the kingdom. Yeah. And it's time for you to... Widen the tent. It's yeah. time for you to, to, to move someplace else where I know what your impact is going to be and you need to, it just needs to spread the footprint. Yeah. And when you say, can you 
just for people who don't know you, can you, because I know you you can get cagey about this, you know, like talking about yourself, but can you explain when you say you were in the corporate life, like what were you, what did you do? What was, what was your job? What was your position? Because you, you were in a place of influence. You weren't, I'm, I don't want to disparage anybody's <laughs> corporate job. I was going to give an example. <laughs> Never mind. So yeah, what you were in an area of influence. So what is it that you actually did before? So sure. I, I, so I was um, an executive within the, the world's largest privately held company. Yeah. And I would travel around the world um, with business and would be in points of influence uh, with businesses across um, South America, Asia, Europe, uh, really traveled the world. Yeah. And uh, it was an environment in which identity could have just stuck in a, in a very stronghold of saying, yeah, you are this, and right. this is who you are. Yeah, and God really, you know, um, we lost my wife's father, and he reminded me where my identity was, hmm. and it was that loss that that launched and released me from what could have been a spiraling identity in title, yeah, in role. Because you were very uh, successful in everything. that, and they were trying to pull you in farther and deeper and higher and the whole thing, right? No, I, I, everything that I started doing was counter to the culture. Hmm. It was counter to the earthly definition of success. Yeah. It was counter to value. You know, these all earthly definitions that everyone gets tied into with a job. Yeah. And... You know, I was coaching. I was coaching across businesses. I was coaching across geographies. I was doing a lot of things while I was an executive and breaking down walls and barriers and everything else. And so it was the the thing that everyone would have ridden, but God showed me that um, the journey was to be different, that yeah. the gifts that, that, had, that He had given me so preciously, I was not using them um, first to the depth, and then not really understanding the true impact and why I was given those gifts. Yeah, that's good. So here you are, you know, Teresa's father passed, you're kind of reorienting yourself a bit, and then God says it's time to leave that life. How was that? And you're married to Teresa, your bride. You know, I think this is a really good opportunity to say as well that in marriages, this isn't just your calling, it's both of your calling. Mm-hmm. So God, it, it isn't, Bruce has all these gifts and he's called to this and Teresa is getting dragged along for the journey. Exactly. If, if a marriage is going to be healthy in the kingdom, if it's going to be healthy serving the Lord, then both parties come together and go, is God telling you this? Yes. Is God telling you this? Yes. You know, I, he's, I think he's saying this and, and we partnered together, say yes to him. Because if we're unified in that, then when the enemy does come in, he will to say, did God really say, or "Eh," then, then you have that foundation and that understanding and that, that the solidity that even if, even if your feelings are going up and down and even when things get hard, because it will, you can look at each other and go, we're in this with Jesus, right? So how did that go when you were feeling that? Well, you know, it was beautiful, actually. Um, in that a number of things, probably the greatest resistance we got were were the people that we knew and where we were established either with our relationships of 20 years or those people that said, you already have a ministry here. 
Mm, where, yeah. where are you going? Yeah. Or you have everything that you've built. Why are you going? And for Teresa and I, when I said, God is really, um, really telling me that we need to do this, God planted in our hearts that we needed to be on top of a hill, <laughs> surrounded by a beautiful vineyard in which God's fruit was going to be bountiful, yeah. and that we would be pruning and harvesting. Hmm. And, and so we carried that with us for probably five years. So He gave us yeah. a little preemptive uh, nugget, a seed that we carried, and Teresa is the balance point where when I, when I don't listen to God, or I resist Him, and we all do, yeah. in what He gives me, He gives me messages that may or may not be difficult. And there was a season where the difficult messages, I had a tough time sharing, and she was the rock that said, no, never do that again. Mm, and, when, and when I said... God is telling us that it's time. She was there. I mean, we're we're together on everything. Yeah, we're in partnership on everything. Now, when I said, "And I need to quit my job," <laughs> yeah, and God is saying, "Make it accessible to anyone." Yeah, don't charge anyone. Yeah, and um, we were debt free at the time. And you know, and you can make the list. It's a long list. Right. There are seasons when we doubted. Yeah. There were times of difficulty when we doubted, but both of us have come back and have said we truly believe and know that God directed us for us to really unroot everything. Yeah. And to restart because there was a there was a greater purpose. Yeah. Greater than we could ever imagine or or see, you know, or even visualize. Yeah. As he always does. Yeah. That's so significant too because and we've talked about this before as you're walking through with some large ministries as they explore what it means to have care for pastors and leaders mm-hmm. and and what does it mean to do ministry in a healthy, sustainable way and what does that look like? And so in order for God to release you and prepare you to lead others in that way, he's also calling you to this level of dependence that you've never really had to walk before, right? Absolutely. And there's something really profound about that. And I know has been kind of difficult about that as well. So yeah, so you had a picture of (laughs) a house on the hill surrounded by a vineyard. And so we started in California where there were people I was ministering to, including, including you, obviously. Yeah. And God just said, no, that's not where you're, you're to be. That would have been an easy answer, actually. Yeah. It would have been a logical answer. Yeah. And God said, no. And then we went to Oregon. And the first time we walked through houses, and mm-hmm. it just we, we knew it wasn't the time and it wasn't the place. And the second time we came, we came with an incredible Christian woman who's a realtor. And... Literally, we came up the hill. It wasn't a house for sale, but she knew that it might be for sale. Uh, it was raining. The clouds parted. The sun came out. <laughs> didn't hear that, although I, I was waiting. I, I, I was waiting. It I didn't know it's happen. coming. And Teresa and I literally looked at each other and said, this is what God planted in our hearts. Wow. And in the matter of four hours, we put an offer on the house. Wow. 
That's awesome. Which then is like, okay, now we got two houses. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not doing, you know, I'm not going to be working and and all these different things, which, you know, again, in earthly feelings puts you in a place of doubting. Yeah. Of not relying upon, of questioning. Yeah. And we all go through that. Yeah. We all go through that. Yeah, for sure. So the two of you see your house on the hill. The mm-hmm. clouds parted, the sun shone down, the comfort, which is just, I love how, um, I love that God is so intimately intentional with us, that he cares, you know, he cares about giving us those moments, those moments of confirmation, those moments of, of, hey, <laughs> ta-da, here it is, you know, and I, it's just so significant and profound if we posture ourselves in a place so that we see them, how often is he doing that and we don't receive it? That could be a whole nother podcast. Yes. 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 <laughs> so you made the decision, you bought the house and you moved out to Oregon. And so what's God doing? <laughs> How's that been? <laughs> so the first six months was uh, my wife could not find a job. She's a pharmacist, but it yeah. was like, oh, of course she'll be able to find a job. The first six months for me was that I stepped into, again, with this earthly, earthly definition or view of why God was bringing us out here, was that we were going from a church of 2,000 to a church of 8,000. Of course, I'm there to to walk with more pastors in the larger church. Right. The first six months, we are 600 feet in the in the clouds, literally, in, yeah. the, in the fall and the winter. God had me in the clouds. God was replowing me to be prepared to be able to be heard by the West Coast and beyond. Yeah, It was a new place. Yeah. And God said, we're going to replow you. I'm going to show you new things. I'm going to even grow your gifts greater. And just be patient, which now six months in the clouds, yeah, in gloomy clouds, not pretty clouds, yeah, right, um, was very difficult, yeah, and and it took a lot of patience, and that I had to just rely and know that God was working on me, mm-hmm. and that I needed to receive it, yeah, that I needed to be retooled, yeah. that I needed to be reworked, that He was going to do some supernatural, incredible things with gifts that would be used for those people that need it out on the West Coast, as well as the Midwest, as well as the East Coast, as well as Uganda. It's so human nature to get a picture or a vision for something or an idea or whatever, and, and then we map out exactly the way we think that should play out and what it's supposed to look like or how it's supposed to manifest, and and it's never... <laughs> Oh, never. When are we ever going to learn, you know? But um, there's something so profound. And, you know, I I taught a couple weeks ago on significance. Like, what's the difference between kingdom significance and significance the way we define it? And, you know, here you're going from this church of 2000 where you've had influence with pastors and elders, and some of them have been dispersed across the country to influence other churches. And you're like, okay, it's a promotion. It's an upgrade to the next level, you know? And it's like, it's seemingly going the other direction, but really it's that God pulling you back into the secret place so that he could get your attention, so that he could deepen and widen you, so he could give you the capacity to stand and to speak. And um, we've talked 
a lot about that because it's a it's a very isolating place. When you say in the clouds, I don't know if people understand that your house is up on a hill and you have a little office with windows and you're just looking out at gray and you got your phone. (laughs) That is your life. And it's, you know, for some, that could be really hard. And even for those that are introverts, after a certain amount of time, it's like uncle, you know. It can be. But the beautiful part is that God gave me these gifts that could be used face-to-face. They could be used on the phone. Yeah. They could be used through text. They could be used through email. God uses the gifts for that which is needed. And he's given the breath of being able to do that by whatever means. Yeah. And so it is, it's a bit of isolation when your your relationship is with your phone. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> but God has said, I will, I will allow those gifts to be used and for my voice, being his voice, to be heard in all that you do. Yeah. And what I had to loosen up big time is my definition of all those words that I'd carried and believed that I understood. But the reality was God had his own definition. And I didn't realize the breadth of his definition because I'd always carried, you know, an earthly note to everything. Yeah. You know, there was a season and I called it the week of weeping. And (laughs) God broke me down and showed me some of the depth, not total depth. Yeah. Of his love. Hmm. And what you see in the expression of, of how he uses me is that I end up being an expression of his love. Yeah. And he prepared me to do that, to understand so that I would be in a place to be able to then care and and share his love yeah. through me. Right. And to understand the depth of what that means. And so every time that we get together with different people, the basis, his foundation, is love. Yeah. His love being expressed. And what it looks like is different every time because everybody needs something different. Yeah. You really have to be able to figure out how to receive it yourself before you can help unlock that for other people as well. Oh, for sure. You know, no, so that's exactly right. There's Gina. something so profound about the Lord pulling you back, and you know, it's it's just so interesting. We're in a day and age, especially in the Western evangelical church, that defines influence and success by position and title, and mm-hmm. you know, how many followers on social media, what what size is the church that you are at, you know, how many books have you written. Do you have a podcast and, you know, this many followers, all those things. And if there's one thing that I I wish that I could have every, you know, I I get to walk with a lot of young people and mentor a lot of young uh, leaders that are coming up and just to pull them away from those expectations and those false understandings of what that is and to receive and believe. And I mean, I'm preaching to myself. We all are. It's not just age. Um, it's certainly something I wrestled with a lot um, for a lot of years. But for you to be able to place that you, and, and I'm not saying it's always easy. It's not like you're sitting up on that hill now always. I mean, you have great days and you have hard days and the enemy comes after you. you know, Absolutely. Correct. But yes. you've been on a journey that you can appreciate and receive and trust the deposit and the gifts that God's giving you and the influence and significance that you have without any title, with most people not knowing your name, 
in a lot of ways. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, even just in the circles, it's interesting. Our journey, you were a mentor of someone that I worked with, and then me, and then you know, and now you're connected to, I don't know, at least a half a dozen people mm-hmm. or more, mm-hmm. who all have ministries in their own right and are influencing thousands of people. So your reach is enormous. And 90% of those people have no clue (laughs) who you are or the seeds that you've sown or the process in the tending of that vineyard, what your hand has been in that. And there's something significant about the maturity and the ability to be okay with that and to actually be excited about that and trust that. It is. And and, and again, it's a redefinition. I, I love yeah. that you said, um, we carry these the weight of these words. And I always say to the people that I'm working with, how would God define success? Yeah. How does he define happiness? Yeah. What does God mean by family? Mm-hmm. What does God mean by community? Yeah. What does God mean by love? Right. And we carry so many things that that society and our life tell us is what it means. Yeah. And yet God is sitting there waiting for us to realize He has His own definition. It's a magnificent, something that we could not even understand, the greatness of what His view is of things. And He patiently waits for us to see it and to understand it. And, you know, I've recently walked with a pastor for a year. And God showed him what it means to be successful. Um, man had shown him success and failure by its own definition. Yeah. Success and, and is, again, for him is that he is able to be the person that he is. The gifts that he has been given are being finally released. He's impacting as God intended for him in his role. Yeah. And his role is not a title. Right. His role is that he is there and he's caring for people. And now um, he is the champion of, um, of care, changing the culture of a, a church of 8,000 to care. Yeah. Which used to define care another way. Right, right. And, and so the beautiful part for me is to sit back and watch what God does. Yeah. The magnificence of this incredible journey that he has each of us on, realizing that each of us have, you know, we have a hand in, in because God has a purpose for all of us. Yeah. And if we'll just let go yeah, and quit good. holding so tight, yeah. God will show us what we're supposed to be doing. If I had held on tightly to stay in the Midwest, you know, God would have been patient. He was patient with me for a long time. Yeah. And when finally I let go of control, he said, hold on tight because it's gonna be a it's gonna be a wild ride. Yeah. In a beautiful way. Right. And it has been. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big deal. So good. Um, I would love for you to talk a little bit about care. You've met with pastors and leaders. God's just continues to bring people across your path from all over the place, Midwest, West Coast, you know, Chicago. I mean, you've had influence and have people that you have um, spoken to their lives and walked with all over the place in various positions, 
ministries, parachurch organizations within the church, you've met with people who are very broken and very wounded and really have had to be on a, a journey of healing and everything in between. In that, what do you what do you see? What do I see? There aren't many people that receive and are taking care of themselves. Yeah. And if they can't receive and they can't be in a healthy place to receive, then they aren't in a place to be a healthy vessel to pour out to other people. Yeah. And what we do is we sacrifice ourselves, rationalizing that we're helping others or that perhaps we don't love who God has created and mm. believe in the beauty of what God has created in each of us and that each of us have a purpose. Yeah. And so we carry the weight of others and it becomes a, it becomes an anchor and we we can't release ourselves of those things that we've lived through or mm-hmm. people have told us is truth. Yeah. And we all carry lies. Yeah. The only truth is God and yeah. his word and what he knows to be the truth about each of us. Yet each of us carry this the baggage and um, the difficulties that this earthly uh, journey brings to us. What I see is when people trust and they release control and they truly believe, they love the care that God gives. Yeah. I mean, care is God's expression of love. That's what it is. And if you look at the breadth and the footprint of God's love and the definition of what God says is His expression, it's everything. Yeah. It's you and I sitting down today, right? bringing us together because He cares about those people that will be listening, and He wants His Word to be heard. Yeah, It's all the connections. It's everything that happens. If you look at it, God's fingerprint is on everything that's happening, and, and we don't realize that. Yeah. And we don't accept it, or we don't receive it. And care is fundamental of what a father does for his children. Yeah. And God does such a beautiful, beautiful thing. He's such an incredible father, such a loving father. And yet many of us don't believe we deserve it because we're so broken or we are so empty we can't yeah. receive it. Right. And we can't be the vessel that can receive it. Therefore, we can't be the vessel that pours out. Right. Yeah, it's good. And the other thing is we don't take the time and the space to care for ourselves. Yeah. And if we don't, we don't give the time and space for God to renew us, for God to allow us to sit on his lap or sit next to him or just talk to him and for him to show how much he cares, how much he loves. Yeah. But everything that he is doing is is from a loving, caring father. Yeah. With a pure heart of just loving his children. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because if you if you pay attention to Jesus' life, he he lived his life with a rhythm of care. He yes. he knew when to come away from the crowds. Yeah. He knew when to just be with the twelve because he needed to be filled up with community and he needed and because it wasn't always just about him teaching, it was about him living in community. He also knew when he needed to leave them. And he needed to go by himself and be with God. He he understood this rhythm of rest. I love the you know math. I did a dwell episode of Matthew eleven twenty eight, and you know 
there's, I love the line in there in the message version. It's uh, talking about the rhythms of grace, you know, the, the, that easy, it's the easy yoke passage, but he talks about come away with me and learn how to live freely and lightly. Watch me, watch how I do it, learn from me. And we so want to go into either religion mode, you know, works based Mm -hmm. servant mode, because if I serve really good, then maybe it's okay that I'm here. But God is inviting us into this partnership and this abiding that shouldn't be in a, coming from a place of striving. It shouldn't be coming from a place of weariness. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be coming from... It's, it's a place of balance, right? It is. It's a place of understanding and, and receiving not just who Jesus is our, as our Savior, but who His Father is that He reconciled us with through His exactly. death. It's through yes. um, receiving the Holy Spirit that He sent as our comforter, as yes. our helper to empower us to do the work of the ministry and to live out this life with Him. And I think it's very easy for us to, um, and we just talked about this yesterday, you know, if you want to be healthy, if you want to raise a healthy child, you want to give them a balanced diet. Mm-hmm. You don't feed them just sugar. You don't feed them just carbs. You don't feed them just lettuce. You <laughs> feed them just protein. You give them a balanced diet yes. so that they, you know, we, we want them to get exercise and some sun and some rest and and play. That's right. And But as believers, we tend to just gravitate towards one thing and we, we kind of gorge ourselves. We can gorge ourselves on one thing and then completely miss out on the rest that is required for healthy, sustainable it relationship is. with God and it with each is. other. And God shows all of us the foundation of what we have to keep as solid, the cornerstones. And if we deviate from or we start chipping away from that foundation that God shows us, yeah. then we start building and and the walls fall. Yeah. And and God is there, and He really is waiting to help us put the mortar in with the rocks. Yeah. And He's there to make sure that we don't sacrifice any of those things. And I always, when I work with people, I always say, what are your foundational rocks? What, what are your cornerstones? Yeah. And God is in there. God is in, God is in that cornerstone. And then when they talk about what they do and how they manage their lives and, and all the things that, that are just those earthly things, I make sure that people don't compromise that foundation. Yeah. And that means taking time. That means sitting down with God in the morning. It means taking care of yourself. So many people, because we're such a tangible society, look for God's expressions and say, that is God. Mm-hmm. And that's not God. I mean, it, it's an expression of God. But when we get focused on the wrong things, uh, we lose track of our ministry. Yeah. And God just wants us here so that we are healthy, loved, and in a place that we can help others to be healthy and loved Yeah. through Him. Yeah. And ultimately, that's what... God says is success. Yeah. You know, if you want to put it in, in terms of having an impact on society or rather than a title or whatever it might be. And so a promotion is meaningless if you're not caring for others and being in a place where you're a vessel for Him. Yeah. 
titles meaningless. Yeah. More responsibilities meaningless. I love that God expresses. He expresses uh, in healings. He expresses in the gifts um, that that are given. But there's a purpose. There's a foundational purpose. And we, if we lose track of his purpose, yeah. then we start focusing on those things that, you know, you just have to say, hold on, stop. Yeah. God is intentional. He is purposeful in all he does. And we always have to anchor back to the purpose. Yeah. I love that you talk so much about bringing people back to their foundation, because I also think it's very easy, especially if someone doesn't consider themselves as someone who is quote unquote in ministry. They have a normal job or they, you know, they, they go to church and it's easy for them to just abdicate the understanding of their foundation to whatever the guy on the platform says. Exactly. Right. So they, they don't discover it for themselves. They don't mine it for themselves. They don't go into the secret place with Jesus to really, they don't go to the scriptures and, and exactly. ask him to, to, to define it. They want somebody else to define it. And then they abdicate their identity and their authority so that when they are in a place where they're overwhelmed, when they are in a place where, you know, the winds are coming and the waves are hitting, exactly. that foundation is not there. And the sad thing there as well, that abdicating, it comes with this disqualifying because, well, I'm not a mm-hmm. pastor. I'm not a leader. I don't have a title. I'm, I'm just a mom or I'm just in insurance or whatever. And I just, exactly. I can volunteer in, on Sunday school. So now I've disqualified myself, kind of stepped back. But this whole life that you're talking about, that you come alongside people to help them to discover, that is available for all of us. It that is. is what, that is what Jesus died for. That's correct. And I feel a little bit like a broken record. <laughs> Sorry, sacred space listeners, but I, this is a theme that comes up. Clearly, it's something I'm passionate about. But we can reduce the cross to Jesus dying so that we can, our sins can be forgiven and we can go to heaven and we can escape hell. But Jesus died for so much more than that. That's right. And the veil was torn that wasn't a small thing. That tedious, arduous, painful process of sacrifice and offering and priestly Mm -hmm. barriers that were between us and God. Jesus eradicated all of that so that we have access to that intimacy. We have access to that relationship. We are reconciled back to him. We are seated with Jesus. We are heirs and co-heirs. And it's not that we aren't saved. We are. We are. But we are, we are, we are settling for what the prodigal son wanted to settle for, which was, I'll just wash dishes. I'll just be a servant in my father's kitchen. But instead, the father came running at him with mm-hmm. a, his robe and his ring, threw his arms around him, cried on his shoulder, gave him a kiss, threw him a party, and sat him at the, his, the head of the table. Yeah. But that's a hard thing to receive. And I think the enemy has, is laughing all the way to the bank because he's got us so convinced that we're so unworthy, which we are. But if we don't receive fully the gift of Jesus making us worthy, mm-hmm then we're missing out on so, so much. We are. And again, society tells us that we don't deserve. Yeah. Because we're surrounded by what's not. Yeah. 
we're surrounded by and receiving those things that tell us that we aren't. Yeah. And we start believing it. Yeah. It becomes ingrained into our minds, which then says, I, hey, I'm going to protect your heart. Yeah. And once the mind says, I'm going to protect your heart, then it's so difficult to get in. What I try to do is to release people to see what is possible because of who they are. Yeah. And each of us are created in this beautiful fashion for a specific purpose. Yeah. Each of us have this incredible potential if we receive God's love and we and we walk with him. Yeah. To have this huge impact in the kingdom, this huge impact to so many people on the journey. Yeah. And it's it's a beautiful picture when you when you look at the army that that is coming together and that can come together when people join arms and yeah. believe that. Yeah. But we're we're in a society where darkness is the voice in many yeah. ways, and we start believing it. Yeah. And that we're in a society where a lot of people didn't grow up with or understand what it means to have a parent. Yeah. A father. That's a big deal. And they don't understand what it means to be a son or a daughter. Yeah. And so God is waiting there, and He's waiting to show them, but... They don't know what it means. And yeah. and so many people will learn how to or relearn how to be a son or daughter. Yeah. First. Yeah. And when they when they understand that, then they understand their purpose as a a father or mother. And then they understand what God means by family. Yeah. And then they know what it means to have community. Yeah. And then they know what it means to yeah, and God just releases this incredible, um, this incredible view, this incredible horizon of what all those things mean. And yet, you know, we then sometimes we're in the clouds. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and we have to hold steady to to going back and relying on. And being in relationship and walking right next to God. If I'm going to be in the clouds, I'm not going to lose track of God. Yeah. I'm going to walk right next to Him. I'm not going to walk ahead of Him. I'm not right. going to walk behind Him. Yeah. We're That's going good. to walk together. Yeah. It's good. Well, I want to thank you for how you've walked with me in my life. That's been a blessing. And, um, you know, God has used you in profound ways um, along the journey and um, so appreciate your friendship and how you represent the love of the Father in my life and, you know, speak truth and love and there's something, and I, and I just want to encourage people and uh, I did a, I th- think, um, episode, I don't know, it was two or three where the first uh, interview I do with Justin Hepner. And we talked about mentorship and and the significance of that and performance versus presence. And I just want to encourage people who are listening one more time that we were made for relationship, first of all, with God and with each other. And 
part of receiving is also receiving relationship and having people in your life who you trust, who can speak truth, who can, through the power of the Holy Spirit, bring you to those places of repentance, of healing, of receiving something that might be hard to receive or receiving something that's really good, but you don't know how to receive it. And, um, you know, you have been a vehicle for a lot of that in my life in recent years. So I just appreciate you and I thank you. And, um, yeah. Thank you. (laughs) This was such an important conversation with Bruce. And even as I was editing, And listening back through, there were some pretty significant things that we touched on that could be episodes in and of themselves. And I want to just ask you a couple of questions for you to ponder and for you to take to the Lord and invite the Holy Spirit to speak into your life. The first one is... Are you able to let go of your earthly expectations? What are the things that you are hoping for that you feel like God is calling you to, or maybe even a direction that you're taking? Like Bruce, he and his wife, Teresa, felt called to move to leave everything to go to Oregon. But once they got there, it looked different. And what are your earthly expectations that maybe you need to lay down in order for you to see what God is doing and what he has set before you? Second, How does God define success? How does God define family? How does God define community? Are you defining some of those things with earthly definitions? Is it possible that God is calling you to something higher, something deeper, something broader. And last, do you have a rhythm of care for your soul? A rhythm of rest, of accountability, a rhythm of getting away in the secret place with Jesus, with God the Father, with the Holy Spirit, and listening. A rhythm in His Word, hearing His voice. Do you have a rhythm of play, of having fun, of being in healthy community, Do you know how to set boundaries 
these are all a part of having a rhythm of care. So Father, I just thank you so much for this time, for your presence, for your voice. I thank you for Bruce. I thank you that he's just a man who said yes to you. And as a result, he's affecting so many lives for the kingdom in such powerful, significant ways that are so contrary to how our world would define significance and influence. Lord, I thank you that you are calling us to a place of recognizing and believing and trusting how loved we are, that we are significant, that in you is everything we need to fully believe and receive and do all the things that you've called us to. So, Father, I thank you, and I pray that you'd speak, and I pray that you continue to move, and I ask this in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Sacred Space. I hope that you enjoyed it and that you were encouraged. And if you were, I would ask for you to please take the time to rate and review us on iTunes. It really makes a difference for people to find our uh, podcast and also share it with your friends. Tell them about it. Put it on Instagram or Facebook. You are the best marketing. If you want information about me, Gina Stockton, or Stockton Ministries, and updates on the Dwell project and things that we're doing, you can visit us at ginastockton.com. Also, I would love to hear from you. If you have feedback or you want to share some stories of what God's doing in you or even ideas for conversations and topics to cover, you can email me at gina at ginastockton.com. This podcast is supported by Stockton Ministries, which is a nonprofit organization. And if you would like to help support this podcast and the other projects that we do, you can make a tax deductible donation on my website, GinaStockton.com. And there's a donate button in the top right corner. Thank you so much. Have an amazing week and know that you are loved.